Welcome to the Work Research Revolution. And today I'm speaking with Tessa Clark, who is the co-founder and CEO at Olio. Welcome, Tessa. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. And I wanted to dive straight into it, actually, um, as this series is really talking about climate well-being. I wanted to kick off with asking you the question, in your view, what are the biggest challenges that organizations are facing, but maybe even taking it to the level, what are the biggest challenges people are facing at the moment? Wow. Okay. Straight in the deep end. (laughs) So uh, the biggest challenge that we're all collectively facing is uh, clearly, in my view, the climate emergency. And what I think is interesting and long overdue is the fact that it's gone from being something that has felt like a theoretical thing that will impact our grandchildren to now being something that is being felt very, very presently by pretty much everybody. And so it does feel like we are starting to wake up. However, sadly, uh, we are being far too slow to take real and meaningful action. And that is true at every level, whether it be governments, businesses, or even us as individuals in our homes um and i think so the reality is that we only have a handful of years to take meaningful action and we are going to have to reinvent our economy and our economics and this is really quite a large and enormous challenge Uh, but i think it's a very exciting one because too often the climate crisis is presented, understandably, in incredibly negative terms. And I think what we're really missing right now is enough people painting a positive, optimistic view of what the world can look like. And I really do sort of feel that we are alive at Mm. a very interesting juncture for humanity. The power literally is in our hands right now to shape our fate and our future. And I think we should recognize that the sustainability revolution that we're going to have to go through, whether we like it or not, is actually going to make the digital revolution look like a walk in the park. And so businesses, governments, households, we really do need to reinvent how we are living, what we're optimizing for and what success looks like. And I'm very happy to dive into any of that to make that feel more concrete, if you would like. Mm, that's fantastic and what a great overview and I couldn't agree, agree more the sustainability the sustainability revolution um I do think the future is bright it is very bright and uh you know I wrote a story with my daughter a while back where you know she she started saying well do you think we'd have to go and live on Mars because some of the kids at school were talking I about hope it hope not no <laughs> And, uh, you know, then we wrote this story to to really look at, and that's something we talk about with um, our researchers at Imperial College as well, active hope. So mm-hmm. taking action, um, but also, you know, that's hopeful action. Being, you know, looking at things in a positive view and knowing that every single small thing that we do towards helping our climate, whether it's in our homes, whether it's in our work or, or on a wider scale, is helping and i've heard that so often from people that they say oh it doesn't really matter what i do it's not going to make a difference and i will always say yes it always makes a difference so yeah yeah, i I, I couldn't i couldn't couldn't agree with you more because the incumbent 
the you know large fossil fuel companies and the extremely wealthy they are the people who want the status quo to remain as it is because they're doing very well thank you very much and it is in their best yes. interest that we do not take action and um i get really quite agitated about this because i do feel that this sort of desire to perfect for perfection is resulting in paralysis and we are not actually taking any action because we think that we're not able to be perfect and the reality is all we need to do is just take our first baby steps and take more of those and every single day just wake up and take more steps and collectively that will build incredible momentum and we have a philosophy here at Olio which is that it was billions of small actions that caused the climate crisis in the first place and mm. so by the same logic, billions of small actions are going to help get us out of it. Absolutely. And as individuals, I think it is far too easy to think that we are powerless, that what we do doesn't count. But that could not be further from the truth. And actually, certainly just um, taking it down to the personal, the individual level, in the experience of myself and our family, we've been on a journey now for six or seven years to try and live more sustainably. And that has not required us to go and live in a cardboard box off grid or, or go to Mars. <laughs> um, it has actually resulted us in us being healthier, wealthier and happier. And that's the big story that is not being told. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I really, really genuinely believe that our mental health will improve, our physical health will improve, and we'll be spending our time and our energies instead of just mindlessly consuming which leads us to a very dark depressing place which is taking humanity over the brink and, and sort of depleting all the world's precious resources if we reimagine what our economy um, can look like it will be far better for us not just as individuals but also as communities and i really think it will help to um, simultaneously address the horrific inequalities that we have in our society right now amazing it's all people coming together communities coming together and um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, um, well, what what could individuals do? And, you know, the people listening, could you tell us a little bit more about the work you're doing at Olio and, and what is Olio? Yeah. So I'll briefly cover off then sort of what you can do as individuals and then, and then come on to Olio. So for any individual, the highest place you're going to be able to have an impact is probably through the work that you do. And so you really do need to kind of find your voice and challenge your organization to make not only those, those small changes, but also in due course to really kind of rethink its business model and check, um, you know, we all need to be moving our businesses towards a much more circular uh, way of operating a circular business model rather than the business model that is designed on sort of making stuff, flogging it to people, and they then waste it. And then we're all sort of rinse, rinse, washing, repeating on that. So definitely kind of find your voice in your own organization. And then uh, sort of at home, it is about taking those simple actions. You can start off um, with really, really small actions like meat-free Monday or swapping out your plastic toothbrush for a bamboo toothbrush. And before you know it, you will find yourself moving your pension and your bank accounts and uh, looking at your home energy and things like that. Yeah. Shorter showers, things shorter like that. Shorter showers, exactly. Yeah. It does all add up, um, especially when, when millions of us are doing it. And um, I think, though, one of the most powerful things that we can do as individuals, and this is a story that is not being told, is to stop wasting food. 
And this is where Olio comes in. So the reason why preventing food waste is so powerful is because globally, a third of all the food we produce each year gets thrown away, which is worth over a trillion US dollars. Alongside that, we have 800 million people who go to bed hungry each night. Even here in the UK, we've got just under 10 million people living in food poverty. We've got roughly 50 million in the US. But the environmental impact of food waste is absolutely devastating. So if it were to be a country, food waste would be the third largest source of greenhouse gas emissions after the USA and China. And that's because a landmass larger than China is used every single year to grow food that's never eaten. So that is land that has been deforested, soil that's been degraded, species driven to extinction, indigenous populations displaced, a quarter of humanity's fresh water is used to grow food that's never eaten. That food then goes on an enormously long supply chain with refrigeration and packaging and manufacturing. And then when a third of it gets thrown away, most of it sadly ends up in landfill where it gives off methane, which is over 25 times more deadly than CO2. And so that is why food waste is so environmentally devastating. And in fact, the greenhouse gas emissions from food waste alone is 10% of global greenhouse gas emissions. That is larger than the whole entire fashion industry. And it's also five times larger than the aviation industry. But what's really exciting about the food waste problem is two things. First of all, um, reducing food waste is infinitely easier for humanity to do than, for example, the energy transition, which is going to take many, many decades. We can reduce food waste in the handful of years that we have left to take meaningful action. The second thing that's really exciting about addressing the food waste problem is the fact that each and every one of us can play a really powerful part in that. So in a country such as the UK, half of all food waste takes place in the home. So that's you and that's me. And that means that we are responsible for half of that enormous problem that I've just outlined. But if you flip it on its head, it means that we can also be half the solution. And that's where Olio comes in. So Olio is an app that connects people with their neighbours so they can give away rather than throw away their spare food and other household items. You can also now buy and sell and lend and borrow household items as well so that we're sort of getting us all sharing instead of shopping. And how it works is really simple. You just snap a photo and add your items to the app. People living nearby get an alert. You can browse the listings, request what they want and pop around and pick it up. That's amazing. And so, so how would that work with that? So, so give me an example. Maybe somebody is about to go on holiday um, and they yeah. still have some food left and they normally some, they chuck that in the bin or, or hopefully not. But, you know, it, it does tend to happen. So, what, so then they could go on the audio app and yeah. just say, we've got some, some of this left. Um, who would like it and yeah a absolutely so a very real example because as we discussed earlier I'm going on holiday later yeah. on today and so we had some sweet potatoes that we haven't managed to uh, use up and so I've just snapped a photo and added them to the Olio app um, and then someone uh, who is living nearby has seen that they have requested that and they're going to be popping around to my house later on this afternoon to pick it up and you can uh, have the pickup be at your home or at a public location, or you can leave the item outside for someone to come and come and pick up whenever you want. One of our biggest challenges is that a lot mm. of people don't believe that anyone will want those two sweet potatoes that I've got. And that 
could not be further from the truth. So a typical food listing is requested in less than 20 minutes after it's been added to the app. And a typical household listing, which might be a bottle of shampoo that you've used twice that doesn't work for your hair. It could be some packing boxes. It could be kitchen appliances. could be some toiletries or cleaning products, but clothes, etc. cetera. Um, typical household item added to the app is requested in less than two hours. So our number one challenge is really encouraging people to take the 10 seconds, which is all it requires, to share that item and to give it away to someone in your local community. Even, even if people think away. it's not something that people may not want copied on there anyway. <laughs> it it yeah. honestly it yeah. is so that, that saying that one person's trash is another person's treasure is so true. Even as a co-founder of Olio, I'm constantly stunned at the stuff that people uh, request and and pick up. So really, really encourage people to give it a go. And the reason why it is so important, so let, let's go back to that kind of food waste Thing, the greenhouse gas emissions from just one kilogram of food waste, so let's imagine your food waste caddy, is equivalent to the greenhouse gas emissions from landfilling 25,000 plastic bottles. So that is why it is wow. so, so, so important to take those 10 seconds to give away those two yeah. sweet potatoes because through throwing those away, it is equivalent to me landfilling thousands and thousands of plastic bottles and let alone what this will also do for people's well-being as well so talking about that active hope not only are they getting yeah. to know people from the community and for feeling supported um there's also a, a, a very good feeling about this right so it must boost well-being and, and happiness it, it, it does yeah so we see 40 percent of our community say that they have made friends through the olio app and you know, it's actually pretty hard nowadays to make friends. So that's an incredible statistic. Then 66% of our community say that sharing has improved their mental health and 75% say that sharing has improved their financial well-being. So in addition to the environmental benefits, there are just enormous social benefits as well. And we hear every single day countless stories of just the magic that happens when two people connect in the local community so amazing incredible um so yes people listening we're sharing the the link to the olio app um in the bottom of the podcast so do do try it out um and just my final question to you uh, tessa is uh what do you think work reset revolution looks like and i know you've touched on it a little bit about what people can do and you know really sharing their voice within their organization is that something you'd like to build on or, or is there something else i think that for us to get a true reset we need to sort of start at the top um and i think that sort of collectively at the moment humanity uses gdp growth as its north star metric that's what governments orient towards, that's what businesses contribute towards, and that's what we as dutiful consumers are all contributing towards. And this is just a fundamentally flawed metric to be setting for ourselves because it basically requires infinite growth on a finite planet. And that is taking humanity to the brink of extinction, along with many other um, plant and animal species. So I think we've got to really rethink um GDP growth and come up with a superior metric or basket of metrics that are much more focused on well-being of mm. individuals, communities, and also nature. 
I think the other thing that we need to do is really get the voice of future generations at the table. And uh, the Welsh government, for example, actually has a minister for future generations who has to input into all regulation. And there's a business I came across the other day that uh, has given nature, for example, sort of a seat at the board table. And I really do think that we should be giving future generations that voice uh, at the board table. And then down at kind of an individual level, I, I think it's important to learn the truth. I strongly recommend that people watch documentaries or perhaps read some books about the climate crisis. Once you understand the enormity of the the challenge facing us, then you will not fail to have fire in your belly. You will not fail to want to step up and be part of the solution, not the problem. But then I'd encourage you to spend most of your time living in that hopeful, action-oriented space. Absolutely. So it's not getting into, it's all doom and gloom. There is a brighter future ahead. We just need to go grab it. We can co-create this future all together, everybody working together. Um, So amazing. Thank you so much, Tessa. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. And I know that our our listeners will really, really appreciate and um, everybody get trying out the audio app and and share your stories. So um, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Work Research Revolution. I'd like to know what has been your biggest takeaway from this conversation. As a next step, share this episode with anyone that you think may benefit. Follow us on LinkedIn at Softer Success for more inspiration to change the way we work and contact us at info at to find out more about our burnout assessment tool. If you have any feedback on how to improve, please do reach out to me as I'm always keen to learn more. Thank you so much for listening and we'll meet again on the next episode of Work Reset Revolution.